Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another wonderful episode. Today, I'm so proud that we are going back to discuss a better business and how to foster a different side of capitalism. And in a very peculiar context, the context where I live and the context where I operate, and that is the emerging market and especially Africa. And it's a very big pleasure for me to have Gwyn Kimani, who is leading Pilab East Africa. Thank you so much, Gwyn, for being here. Thank you for having me, Samuel. Thank you. I mean, it's such an honor to having you. You are spreading the B Corp movement in the continent and you're doing a wonderful job. It's growing by the day. And we will go and discuss the problem of businesses in Africa. But before that, you know, I think many people, they would like to know a bit your sustainability journey. How have you become a leader in the area of sustainability? That's an interesting question. I have a background in business management and accounting. Um, at the time when I went to college, there wasn't much conversation about sustainability. I would even venture to say that it's a new concept that has become mainstream recently. I started working at Dalberg Global Development Advisors in 2010 in Kenya, in Nairobi, and I was the office manager. And so I was in charge of making sure everybody was happy and had a good work environment. And during that time, I happened to host the first B-Lab Africa employee. And so we hosted her for some time. Um, she's called Olivia Moyu. And after that, is how I got introduced to business for good. This concept of using your private owned business as a force for good. Um, in 2017, um, Olivia in collaboration with the B-Lab Global, they raised funding from then DFID um, to start the B Corp movement in Africa. So when she came to start the movement, because she had just been helping in Amsterdam set up the Europe office, I was privileged to sit on the board of directors at that time in 2017. And thus my deep dive into better business and sustainability began. So we helped set up the company, have conversations about this new way of doing business, uh, promote the free tools that we offer businesses. And then in 2019, I took on the reins of becoming executive director here. It's also important to mention that Olivia was the first ED as she was the founder. She was the founding director here in Africa. So our journey began with a concentration of East Africa, um, where we focused on, on identifying and certifying B Corps in East Africa. And um, in 2018, we absorbed the South African market builder. And so we extended our coverage to the Southern Africa region. And this year, we extended our coverage throughout the continent. 
Wow. It's a big journey. Now you are at the helm at the spearheading the movement from 2019 to, to the whole continent. And then, I mean, you really said the continent of Africa. And if you recall the discussion also, I mean, we have previous two years and be together with, um, with Sandra Odiambo then from Global Contact. She, she really said, you know, in Africa and especially in the emerging market, we still have the possibility to choose our path, the sustainable path. Uh, while the other emerged, developed economy, they've already chosen their dirty, polluted path. They've taken us to these problems that we have. So I want you to discuss how we can choose the sustainable path and which are the problems of businesses in Africa. That's an important question because when we talk about sustainability, oftentimes the context has been the indirect correlation to climate change and environmental factors. It's important to note that as B-Lab, we focus on five different areas where we think that if a business measures and tracks and becomes efficient in these areas, they are more likely to succeed and also they are more likely to have a positive impact. And so the areas we focus on are the governance structures, so compliance and integrity and ethics, um, the workers. Uh, so how do you treat your workers? Because the workers are fundamentally the most important part of the business. Your customers, so how do you treat your customers? What kind of products do you get out there? Your community as a business, are you thinking about what is the effect and impact that the, your existence in the community has on the community? Are they happy that you are there because you create jobs and you provide a good environment for everyone? Or are they unhappy about your presence because you pollute their natural resources and all of a sudden now they have issues with water, etc. And then lastly, the environmental section that is most talked about. I think that we are at, at a place where we definitely can choose our path. I dare say any business can even choose to correct their path if they've been going down the wrong way. And how do we do this? We do this by being intentional in business to make certain decisions, even when they are hard, because it's going to be better for the overall sustainability of that business as well as the rest of the factors that I've just explained, your workers, your customers, your community, and the environment. And you asked about uh, challenges. Having worked with businesses for most of my career, um, I would say that, especially in the context of Africa and East Africa specifically, businesses face a myriad of challenges. There are so many. Uh, top of the list is access to affordable finance, to be able to set them on the path to sustainability, to be able to get the tools that they need, to be able to get the consultants that they need to help them, but even just to be able to grow the, the business. And I was very deliberate about saying affordable finance because there is finance and there is access to it. But oftentimes it is out of reach for your average SME. We also see that businesses need a lot of guidance on sustainability actions, basically education. What does it mean to be a sustainable business? 
And this is how and why when B-Lab started, the realization that first we need to educate people and then create the framework which others can follow easily, right? So we created these tools that we give out for free online where any business, regardless of size, can use to measure their current impact or to set goals towards any one of the SDGs that have been defined by the UN. The other issue that we see often is quality staff, quality personnel at all levels, whether at entry level or at managerial level. It continues to be a challenge for many businesses to hire and retain um, the talent that they need to grow. Also, one of the things that is difficult, even as we measure um, for certifying as B Corps, is the governance, the policies or lack thereof. Because if, and, and I was so glad to see that KEBS had put out um, some new guidelines about accessibility for persons with disabilities and the work environment and etc because these things are in our policies already but somehow not getting implemented the way they should be and so also dealing with issues of change of law especially when it comes to taxation etc where businesses get stuck in a place where you make your budget and you make your plan and then all of a sudden KRA or the government decides that they'll introduce this new tax or they'll introduce this new levy or they will not refund your VAT, uh, give your VAT returns. And then it, you face a cash crunch in your business that forces you to make difficult choices. And um, a lot of times businesses would look at, okay, what is the thing I need to survive? And what is the thing I don't need to survive? And the things that would often get eliminated if there is no intention is what you have put in place to become more impactful or purposeful or sustainable. So those are the things that typically get cut off <laughs> earlier. <laughs> you have discussed the, the problem. Now we can go to the solution. You really especially for the impact part and how to take care holistically of all the problems. And really the B Corp certification in emerging market, you are given a bit the, the history and then how the work of Olivia and then you, you have taken uh, charge of the, of the B Lab in East Africa. So being a B Corp in this environment with these challenges, how does it relate, especially maybe with the more established economy and which are the peculiarity? Uh, for being a, a certified B Corp in Africa? We define B Corps as a new wave of business. Uh, businesses who have decided to take a stance against the traditional shareholder capitalism, where their focus or their definition of success in business is not just how much money they make at the bottom line, of course, a business needs to make profit. That's the essence of business. And without that, why do you even exist? But um, taking a stance to say that along the path for doing business throughout their operations, they'll do this differently. They, at every step of the way, they'll think about 
how their actions affect their workers, their customers, their community, and the environment, and ensuring that the governance practices that they have can transcend their immediate generation or leadership. Meaning that as a business, your purpose is not only to make profit for your shareholders, but also to have a positive impact. Now, in Africa, a lot of times, um, the assumption is that a business like this is a social enterprise. Um, whilst a lot of social enterprises are B corporations, there are mainstream businesses that are also B Corps and they are not necessarily a social enterprise. And so the things that these B Corps do that is different is that number one, they choose to pay differently. They, they have different pay, pay skills for their employees and they are more likely to even give their employees a shareholder option where they can become part of the company. Um, they do give good benefits to their staff as well um, because they believe that a, a holistic individual is more likely to perform better. And also just because it's the good thing to do. Um, you would find that B Corps are more particular about their environmental footprint, how they discard waste, how the decisions they make, even in an office setting, glasses they use, bottles they use, pens, printing, etc., down to that basic level. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a grand difference in the way you operate. It's just saying that let's be mindful about every action that we take. B Corps are also more likely to be involved in championing policy change or what we also call collective actions, where um, as business leaders, they are at the forefront of leading a movement that is going to have lasting change for them in their environment. And by championing it into government policy, it goes beyond their particular influence and influences everyone else in business around them. So uh, I would say they are bold, they are innovative. Um, they are not afraid to, to be different and, and to prove that you can actually do good and make money at the same time. Thank you so much. And then it's really the essence. You have spelled out the real essence of being a B Corp. And I want to build up on... Uh, on, on what you just said and asking you to maybe now to share uh, within your now is almost 12, 12 years or what you discussed from 2010 up to today, some stories, I mean, one or two stories that of impact or something that has touched you uh, of B Corps in our continent. So I had mentioned earlier that B Corps in their normal way of doing business have an impact, which is completely different from running a business and then having a CSR project. So in this context, um, I'll just point out a few B Corps in Kenya that are doing exceptional work. And every year as the B Corp movement, we celebrate, we have a celebration called Best for the World where we celebrate our B Corps in different categories. And some of these businesses continue 
to be showcased um, day in, day out. I'll talk about um, like Soko, which is a Kenyan business that produces jewelry. And they hire artisans, mostly women, and they pay them over five times what the industry average is. And still, they are able to make a profit. I can talk about Educor, which is a group of schools across Kenya that recently was able to get funding to expand just because of their mission to become a B corporation. And in addition to that, um, their funder was able to support them and work with them and provide them even technical assistance during the pandemic so that they can continue to have affordable education for everyone in Kenya. And then I can also talk about Enda Shoes, which also was able to raise money. Enda is intentional about trying to manufacture its shoes in Kenya and building a factory to be able to do that, to support local talent. And when you think about that, the first thing that could come to your mind is maybe it's cheaper to produce these shoes in China. But making the intentional decision to say, I want to manufacture this in Kenya, I want to create jobs for Kenyan youth, um, and I want to make a statement that we don't have to have runners in Kenya wearing foreign shoes for running. And we produce the best runners in Kenya, isn't it? So how do we change the status quo and be bold and say, okay, it may be cheaper to produce in China, but besides reducing the cost of my shoes, I can solve the problem of poverty and unemployment for youth in Kenya by employing here. And so there are many stories like that. And at the end of the day, there should be somewhat of a balance where your workers are not, or the society as a whole, are not disadvantaged because you're trying to create more value for your shareholders. Is there a way where you can say, instead of having 200 million to distribute to my shareholders at the end of the year, I can distribute 100 million to my shareholders and invest the remaining 100 million in my community, in my workers, in my sustainability practices, so that I create an overall better business environment for Kenya. So that's really, to me, the practical way of looking at this, where your shareholders don't suffer. But the people along your value chain, which we also call them the stakeholders, also don't suffer. You don't have to reduce employee benefits or not give employee benefits because you're trying to create value for your shareholders. It shouldn't be an either or. How do you find the balance to make it even? There are wonderful examples, especially, I mean, the last one. I mean, we are in the home of champions and it's really true. I mean, <laughs> and, and the shoes are, are all made in China. <laughs> so it, it's really important. Also what you say, you know, the social aspect, especially how to not to squeeze people or even exploit to use even a, a worst world. And then really to make a win-win situation for everybody, a real one for the environment, for the external and for the worker and the communities. And going there, you know, you have now walked 12 years uh, this path. And then I want to ask, what is the way forward for BLAB East Africa, BLAB in Africa, and for the movement? 
on our continent. So the good thing about um, bee corporations is that they are everywhere. All continents, all over the world, you can find bee corps. The interesting thing or the fact is that we are not, all continents are not facing the same problems or priorities, right? So um, having a bee lab on the African continent that views the B Corp movement in an African lens and translates it that way so that it's relevant to business in Africa is very important. Not to say that the fundamentals of the movement change. No, they are exactly the same. But the focus areas, I think, might show up differently for different sizes of companies in Africa. So whereas we do have companies that are ready to certify and they come and they fill the, the impact assessment uh, tool and they are able to get uh, consultants to help them or do it in-house because of their capacity. What we are finding most of the time is that companies might need more one-on-one -on -one help to complete the assessment. They might need more intentional translation of the tool into the local context so that it makes sense for things such as when you talk about parental leave versus maternity leave or paternity leave, interpreting statements like that. I think that we are at a place like you quoted earlier that Sada had said, where we can define our own path, but maintain the fundamental value of we want to build sustainable businesses. We don't want businesses that are here today and gone tomorrow. And we don't want to forever rely on government to solve the problems of society. What can we as private sector profit-making businesses do that is different? That can both help solve those society's problems and also be profitable for business. What can we do to ensure that the generations that are coming after us, they meet land that they can cultivate with ease? you know, we are not suffering from environmental factors that have degraded the soil or because we in our generation polluted it. So the vision looks for us is more partnerships, partnership for the goal of getting more B corporations and partnership with academia to teach from not only university level, but also primary school and secondary school um, because when I went to school, like I said earlier, there was no conversation about sustainability. And I remember learning about business and knowing that your business must make a profit. But how about we add into that your business must make a profit, but help identify who are your stakeholders and say that your business must also consider these stakeholders on its way to making a profit. So definitely education has to be there continuous improvement on tools to use to help companies along this journey, which is what B-Lab is working on doing. And just uh, continuous networking in this movement to ensure that businesses don't feel like they're alone on this journey. It's always great to know that there are other B Corps, there are other businesses, like kind businesses who are doing it and they are able to succeed, which means that your business can also succeed while doing it. It's a wonderful call for action as well. And when we were talking, I was starting, how oh, we can do that, how oh, we can partner, how oh, we can move, because also, you know, 
I'm a B Corp enthusiast, so you know it's it's really important. Also, how we can foster better businesses here to solve our problems that we have every day. Now we are approaching the end. I want to to go and ask you about a more broader question about you and about being a, a woman business leader. You know, can you share some insights on how to foster women leadership, especially on our continent? So I would say that I see a lot of incredible opportunities for leadership from women. Of course, in one or two places, you, and a barrier can be encountered, but there are no shot of women telling their stories and how they have overcome these barriers. Um, in my personal experience, joining women associations, whether it's business groups or it's women in business or women on boards, not operating in a silo and asking and reaching out and asking for input and asking to hear other people's experiences. In this day and age, online, you can find so many testimonies of women who are doing it and they tell their full story, including the challenges that they've encountered and how they faced them. And so I think that there are lots of opportunities for women in business. I think for me, the challenge I encounter most of the time is balancing this work and family and extracurricular activities and hobbies, um, which I think anyone, even students, even men also encounter challenges of balancing things uh, might not be to the same extent because of the nurturing angle for those who have children, but everything is possible. There is nothing that is impossible. Find the help that is needed and look for the resources that you need to thrive. Thank you so much, Gwing. It's nothing is impossible and it's really a, a strong call for action. I mean, B-Lab East Africa is also a demonstration. You know, you had women in leadership First Olivia, then you, it's really a good example. And I want to, you know, now it is the last moment. And then I want to just ask you uh, from your experience as a, as a leader in sustainability in Africa, a call for action, your final message to our audience. My final message is if you are a business owner, you should be a B corporation or you should join the B Corp movement. If you are not a business owner and you are a consumer of goods and services, you should buy B Corp, you should use B Corp services, and you should encourage the businesses you work with or you consume from to become B Corps because in the long run, it's better for everyone, the workers, you, the customer, your community, and the environment. Thank you so much. This is the best call for action, a really important one, especially for the time we are living in, where the climate emergency, the social emergency, and the inequalities are rising by the day. Thank you so much, Gwyn, for your time, for being here, for sharing wonderful insights. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you for having me. Happy to share. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.